Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to What Are The Odds? After a bit of hiatus, I'll explain that just very briefly with a little sports story that's a favourite of mine. Uh, 20 years ago, June 11th, 1997, the greatest basketball player of all time overcame man flu. He did so in very convincing fashion. Two all coming in against the Utah Jazz in that final series, and the man himself, Michael Jordan, after ice packs and wet towels and fluids on the sideline, 15 points in the second, 38 by full time, took the Bulls to 3-2, and then the finals win. And obviously the rest is history. He's the greatest basketball player of all time. And Baz is our greatest tipster of all time. And he's overcome the flu to make it back from his deathbed to bring us all the way home through the football finals. Welcome back, Baz. How are you feeling, mate? Um, I feel a lot better. Still not 100%. And uh, after the way we did some tipping uh, last weekend, and especially the horse tipping, I wish I did stay away last week. You told me to stay clear. I did try and push through it and didn't do the, enough homework, I don't think, and it came back to bite me on the arse, really. So, But this week I've been uh, you know, feeling a bit better. Went back to work yesterday, being Tuesday, and uh, done a bit of homework today. So hopefully all is well. Very good. So, speaking of homework, you are well ahead of the curve. <laughs> You've done some homework here that even the bookies haven't done their homework on. The uh, JLT Domestic One Day competition kicks off next week. Yeah. Uh, next Wednesday will be the first game between the CA11 and South Australia. Uh, who's your kind of pick for that uh, tournament, and who should we be looking out for in terms of uh, bats and bowls? Well, I'm that far ahead of the curve that the Cricket Australia 11 still hasn't been announced. That's that's a, that's a, okay. So but, undoubtedly, they're probably not going to win it then. Yeah, well, they're never going to. They're all 18 yeah. So generally, how it works is every uh, state squad will pick their, their their squad of I think it's 13, uh, maybe 14 players, and then any player that's left over that's under a certain age, I can't remember if it's 22 or 23. Um, and then any other players that are still rookie listed or not even on a on a state contract can still get picked up and played. So, you know, your Petrovskis have played, um, Sutherland played. Like, there's been all these sorts of players playing. Um, this year, like um, for New South Wales, for instance, Ajun Nia, he'll play for New South Wales when he's played for the Cricket, 11, the Cricket Australia 11 previously. So they're never going to win it, but it's just good good exposure for these young cricketers. And are you for it, or are you, is that, does it fall into that one of those many things that seems to be happening domestically where the domestic competition isn't taken seriously enough, and we get these we get these old blokes writing for Fox Sports telling us that we need to respect the uh, we need to respect the domestic competition more and not have CA 11s, not have thirteenth men, not have subs, all yeah, that kind of stuff. I agree with the, the Jason Gillespie came up with a good point the other day, and this is how much cricket enough I am. No one's probably ever even heard this. He said that we should be getting countries like a PNG or you know a Fiji or something. Not, probably not that to that level. Maybe a bit better. So even in Afghanistan or New Zealand, for instance, I wouldn't say New Zealand. They're a lot better <laughs> than any of our state sides. But like a country that's in the second tier, yeah, get two or three of them out here to play a part of it. What great, it's a great thing for Australian cricket to say. Look, we're trying to help world cricket get better, and we're also exposing some of our young players to you know, other cultures and. Some cricketers that are pretty bloody handy. Like, you know, they should probably almost be playing state cricket here. I wish I saw more of that as well. But, yeah, it would obviously create a stronger competition. But it won't happen. They keep trying to spoon-feed us these young kids, which is, I can see why. And I can see the argument against it as well. So, but, yeah, anyway, moving on. It's not a great series. No one really in Australia really gives a shit about it. The only reason you should care about it is because whether you like it or not, the Australian selectors will take... This, runs and form from this into the first two or three Shield games into whether they, who they might pick for the Ashes. Because even though we won the second test against Bangladesh, our batting lineup is probably still not set. And the most important spot in our test lineup, the keeping spot, will be what comes under fire the most. So if there's two keepers in this series that get, get away to a good start, and Alex Carey from South Australia and Jimmy Pearson from Queensland, and then all of a sudden their name will be spoken about a lot more um look i reckon obviously the vicks i'm not a victorian supporter so don't even start me on this but the vicks um they've probably got the, the most experienced lineup and they've got some really really good players 
So you've obviously got your John Hastings, your John Hollands, uh, Travis Dean, uh, Cameron White is playing as well, Scott Boland. So there's there's a few players there that have played for Australia or at least represented Australia at like T20 level. And uh, where's Agar now? There's been a lot of talk about his brother, Ashton. Yeah. Where's is probably, I reckon, the better bowler of the two. Yeah. Bowls good wheels. Whether he does enough with it yet, I don't know, but he definitely bowls with good gas. And he could be one to watch. He has moved across from South Australia as well to Victoria for more opportunities. Yep. Um, so he could be one to watch for the, from the big sides. Uh, the Western Australian team hasn't been announced yet either. Tassie, I wouldn't even look at them unless George Bailey carries them. Um, they're a pretty ordinary team. George still could be probably looking to come out of a massive form slump for two years. Jake Doran would want to take the next step from being a promising youngster to being an actual first-class cricketer. He's one of those kids that you've talked about, being spoon-fed games. He wants to start paying it back. Uh, South Australia, again, would be pretty ordinary, I think. Uh, Callum Ferguson, massive workload on him. Uh, obviously, Jake Lehman as well. But they've still got likes of Manny and uh, Valente and, and Worrell, who have been doing you know a job with the ball for a, while to, a long time now in Shield Cricket. And obviously, Alex Carey, who everyone will be watching uh, with, his, with the keeping. Queensland's probably my other tip. For the, to win it, uh, it'd be, I reckon it'd be them and Vic, yep. Victoria, just for the main, like they've got Usman Khawaja, because he's not playing yeah. um, for Australia. And he'll obviously have to do, he'll have to do a bit here, I reckon, because he's probably one of those blokes that wants to fight back, and the only way to fight back into that Ashes team is to just score bulk, bulk koala runs. He has a mass, he has a really good history of scoring mass runs in this comp, Yeah, and I reckon he'll, he'll do really well. Then you've got other, like, Joe Burns, so he's also another bloke who has opened a batting for Australia at Test Cricket. Is, he, is he at all a smoky or is it a burnt bridge for, for Burns? Burns will never play cricket for Australia again, unless it's uh, shorter form cricket. Yeah. I, don't th- I think he's done as a Test Cricketer. Then you've also got Ben Cutting, who you know is in and around the... I think he's actually might be going over to play... A couple. A couple of the T20 games. Um, so he might not be there for the start. You've also got Renshaw, who... The runs that he made in his series uh, last year before he did his knee and then the runs he made after he did his knee helped him get selected for Australia. So this, this is how big this competition can be. Um, there's also Mitchell Swepson, but he'll obviously be over playing in India. But my favourite bowler of all time, he's going to be a gun. Yep. Big Billy Stanlake. Yep. Yeah, I know you, I've popped him up a bit last year. You've Very much so. And he's, yeah. yeah. And he's, he's, he's in that silver spoon category as well, really. Yeah. But he, he has got the potential to be anything. And he can be anything. It's just whether, he, again, he stays fit and works a bit more on his lines. The big one for Queensland will be uh, Labba Shagney. I reckon he's a future one we could watch as well. I reckon he'll probably make that step up to play for Australia. And he will do it the hard way. So he's the kind of player you want to keep an eye on. Then you've got my boys, the Blues, who while we'll be around the mark, I don't think we've got enough quality or depth just because I think Madison will be playing too much for Australia. Curse Patterson doesn't bat quick enough. Neville's not a one-day cricketer. Doug Bollinger and Sean Abbott would probably head out the quicker yeah. bowling and they're poo. Um, but I really look forward to seeing uh, Nathan Lyon and Ajun near bowl together. I reckon they'll be, I hope they pick them both and play them. And obviously, uh, Nick Madison, I hope he turns everything around and comes back and starts batting the way he can back because he he's a super talent. So What's a, happened to your main man? Who's that? Maddo? No, Moises. Moises. Oh, he's playing, he'll be playing over in India. Oh, is he getting a gig in India? Yeah, mate, he's oh, getting a gig in India. Joke. So, but yeah. Oh, no, before we just give up, I remember last year you telling us, uh, us being loyal, supportive Victorian fans because we were born and bred here. That's the way it should be. Uh, that the Vic team was too old, but you've read a, a lot of a long list there of blokes that really aren't. They're on the they're on the downward curve, as in they played for Australia and won't again, most likely, as opposed to the ones that might have a chance of playing for Australia. Yeah, you it looks, have... looks like a very Victorian type lineup from the Blue Baggers. Oh, from New South Wales. Yeah, New South Wales. There. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even Queensland a little bit, but Victoria has had a clean out. Yeah, and they've signed a lot new, a lot of um, younger sort of talent. Obviously, with Wade leaving and stuff like that as well. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, well, New South Wales now have had all these, you know, had so many players play for Australia who haven't made it or whatever, and now they're all coming back and they've got to fill a spot somewhere, which is why when Maxwell wanted to leave last year to go to New South Wales... It's pretty absurd. 
he wasn't allowed to go there because they already had so many players on national contracts playing for New South Wales because you're only allowed to have... So how it works is each state gets has to play, has a salary cap to pay players. But if they have a national um, contracted player on that on their list or they're part of their, their yeah. squad, they don't have to pay for them. But they're only allowed a certain amount. They can't have like 22 of them. So... And now Queensland are in the same boat. You know, but, but Burns obviously lost his contract, but Cutting's got on Cutting, but they still got Kawaja, Renshaw now. Um, so, you know, Vic's got a few players. South Australia's got... It's more spread sort of thing. Um, WA would be interesting because they've got Mitch Marsh, both Marsh brothers as well. So that, they'll be pretty hard to beat as well, actually, WA. They haven't released their squad yet, so I kind of brushed over a bit. But I'll have Vogues and the Marsh boys. Um, I doubt Johnson will play. He just played T20 cricket, but... And they got obviously Berendorf, so they'll be a pretty good team as well if they stay fit. You know, they're all that's the te- that's pretty much a quick overshot. Probably spoke more than what what you want to hear on on domestic cricket, but it's important, especially coming in the, our Nashes, and it's also important. Just again, you know, like it's to cross codes a little bit, but I went to the the VFL press conference today, and the team making the grand final this week, Port Melbourne, are like half a million dollars in debt, but they got the best team in the comp. Yeah. So it's like if we if you if you're a fan of sports, which you obviously are, so we're listening to this podcast. These these competitions are vitally important for the growth of the game. And if you want Australia to win the Ashes and win over in India and not lose to Bangladesh, then you need to support this comp, and you need to support it to the extent where the players can play it full time, because you can't expect professional performances from the top eleven if you're not getting professional performances from the from the fifty blokes underneath battling for those spots. Whether that's AFL, whether that's cricket, whether that's baseball any olympic sport any of that like if you you have to kind of sign up with your dollar a little bit and you know buy a foxtel buy a fox sports pass buy a cricket live pass whatever it takes but start supporting it and start taking a bit more of an engagement in it if you are indeed a cricket fan or, or a footy fan or whatever because yeah at the end of the day this is where this is where the real excitement is it's kind of easy to sit back on a boxing day and watch uh watch warner score or yeah you know 100 runs and 50 balls and whatever and go oh that's great that's great cricket but then, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of better. You'll get you'll get more payoff of a fan too when you you know you turn to your mate and go, oh, check out this chap. He's nineteen. I watched him play three years ago, and now he's making his debut in the Boxing Day Test. So give yourself a little bit of payoff there. Become a little bit of a nuffy. Help support those uh, local local sports stars, and yeah, give everyone a, a good hot good hot go. And if you bored me already talking about cricket, then wait to the Ashes because. No one follows domestic cricket more than probably I do. And if they do, let me know because... We'll love, get them on. We'll get them on. <laughs> I love being a cricket badger. So get around it. And yeah, it'll be a good series. Um, generally, you see some really good run chases as well. So, And this is why the players had their big strike and the the big hold off of their MOU you know, with the payments and stuff is because they wanted to make sure that players playing in this comp and playing in the Sheffield and stuff like that get looked after. The big bash, not so much because that self-funds itself. It's more for this first-class cricket and the tier below again where the, all the seconds play. So, and Obviously, that's our cricket chat. It is, it is obviously winter footy finals and all that kind of stuff, but we do like to keep across all sports, especially the bat and ball sports. So we might do a little bit of dabble in baseball next week, but uh, hit us up on, on Facebook or Twitter. Let us know what sports you want us to follow because we'll, we'll happily have a dabble and a bit of a, a, bit of a Red Hog Crow at anything Now on, on iTunes as well. They can leave comments on iTunes. That's right. Like, leave comments and say, Oh, you nuffies, stop talking about domestic cricket, you, <laughs> you bloody fools. recap on what everyone has been watching the AFL week that was I think just two soft wins really just two two soft wins I don't think it means much that last week yeah, well, if you missed it which Baz did yeah I didn't watch the game didn't miss much I don't reckon I, I watched the replays Sunday and Monday so I didn't watch them live I didn't even find out the Sydney game until late Saturday and I knew this I knew the the GWS result before I knew the Sydney Geelong result kind of thing like I knew at half time when I yeah. went that you know that the game was done I had the the messages coming through, but I didn't know the actual scoreline or anything. But um, from what from what I watched on Sunday, I just I saw what Sydney. Well, I knew Sydney was going to happen to Sydney, if you know what I mean. But I saw it a week earlier than I thought it was going to happen. Yeah. We all knew that they'd won, you know, so many games straight. And John Mama, uh mentioned about you know 
eventually they're going to hit a brick wall because they couldn't lose because they lost. They're going to be out of the finals before they even made the finals. Yeah. And then once they lost in the finals, like they'd be out of. If you know what I mean, like yeah, it's super taxing on a, on a team to play <coughs> eleven straight elimination finals. Yeah, pretty much, and that's what they have to play. And it, eventually, it just hit them, and it, and, and it hit them hard. Yeah, and that, that looked horrible. Yeah, I, I could tell within the first five minutes of that game that they went up for it. And that's that's worrying. If I'm a supporter, you know, I know a little bit about footy, and I'm watching their body language and how they're going about it, and how Longmore wouldn't change the tactics at all, and he just got completely out coached, completely outplayed, and that was I just saw the wiring on the wall. I thought it was going to come into that. I thought Adelaide were just going to pants him. I've been waiting for them to play Adelaide because I thought no one will ever say that Adelaide's going to beat him by sixty plus, but unfortunately it happened a week earlier, and I missed out. Yeah. That's not, That's fair enough. And like, just guys like Kennedy and Jack and Hanbury all had stinkers. And yeah, it just is that that red line game. I think the what happens here though is that now I think Geelong are going to be a bit oversold because everyone's thinking, oh, Geelong absolutely, you know, Sydney were the were the second favourites for the premiership and they absolutely spanked them. But I just like you're watching all the footy shows this week and everyone's talking about Blitzards and Menangola like they're going to whinge along the premiership. Like, yeah, like, yeah they, they're good players and they're definitely in their best 22. But you don't, like, you don't go through the annals of football history and hear blokes at the level of Blitzards being like, oh, he's a match winner. Yeah, well, even today on the Player of the Year for SEN, Blitzards got votes over, you know, a Duncan, for, for example. Yeah. Like, yeah, he did a great job and everything, but, like, really, like, come on. There has to be some sort of Concession like, given when, like, yeah. Yeah. Geelong were good and they were great. And, and like, even to the extent where Tui was, like, like commended for his job on, on Buddy. And it's like, yeah. Buddy was on one leg. Like, yeah, Harry Taylor. And Harry Taylor yeah, as well. He, just like, like, they were triple teaming him, yeah. double teaming him. Buddy was on one leg. How, how can he beat that sort yeah. of thing? But then, you know, like the good on they played really well. And it's made me second guess myself about Adelaide a bit because people now are saying, oh, but Geelong's history and they, they match up really well on them. And, all these things, but I just still can't see them beating Adelaide. And we'll get, yeah, we'll get to that in a bit. But it also, I think all, all this does is usually in funnels, all the markets kind of, they, like, because the bookies have more time, there's way more data, and there's a lot more variance because there's fewer games and, there's, and people get involved and, and it kind of skews the, the books a little bit. But most of the time, you get just like a clear favourite and a clear underdog, and most of the time it's right. Yeah. Going into these two games, because of the results on the weekend, these lines are all over the place, really. If we look at if we if we stop second guessing ourselves and just look at kind of like the facts and best teams and the tactics that they play and their history, not against each other because I don't think that matters so much, but just their history from the the twenty odd games they've played this year. Yeah, I think it's a lot more clear cut than people are, are making it to be, and especially with the GWS game on the weekend, oh, yeah, yeah. like that was the softest win. And so Stevie J essentially banked him if he's gonna like he's gonna he did a half training session today. I can't believe he's playing. Like, but yeah. He's banked himself another finals game. Did you hear the commentary? And that's ridiculous. Did you hear the commentary? It was like the second coming of Christ. It was unbelievable. They were talking him up like... It was very funny because the the coming out where I did a bit of writing for them and I posted... I did a little like little uh, clickbait teaser on Facebook saying, oh, how great was Stevie J's game? Is he the player of the week? Yeah. And rightfully so, I got called out by a couple of footy nufties on Facebook in the comment extension saying, oh, look at the replay. He only, kick, he only kicked his first goal after the game was done. He kicked three in the last quarter. Yeah, he, and he cashed And in. he did. He cashed in. Yeah. And that's, you know, thanks for, you know, clickbaiting me because it means I got my views. But... Uh, but yeah, they they're totally valid. Like, yes, he kicked six. He kicked six goals. He had ten kicks. It it sounds amazing, but it was done. The game was done. Let's like, be honest. If you're if you're Leon Cameron and you're not going Devin Smith, Stevie J, and you're even contemplating Stevie J, then this is the, in the problem with JWS all year. And I've I've harped on it enough. He doesn't make the tough calls. And he has to. And he has to go. Look, yeah, you kicked six. You had a great game, but you're not in our best twenty-two. And that's all he has to say. And yep. Stevie J has to be a big enough man about it to be like, I'm, I'm a professional athlete. I'm just going to cop it. I'm retiring at the end of the year anyway. Yep. I'm on the back end of the list regardless. There's no reason, there's no yep. political play here. I can't be like, oh, if I don't play the fun, I'm going to get traded like some yep. other Geelong players have already done this year. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it just seems silly. And that that's, as a Richmond fan, that's in heart, like, that's enheartening because I think that that's a different in club ethos. And I think I'll, I'll mention this again in the preview, but. Yeah, there's a, I think there's a different attitude in the coaching. It must must go from the top down, but from the coaches to the to the leadership group to the players, 
where the players are playing for themselves and not playing for their not only for the team but for the club. And I think that will be the, that will be a bit of the difference when you know fourteen thousand TOS fans rocked up to see them see this team, which is probably good enough to win a granny. Yeah, no one cares. They're playing for themselves. Whereas ninety seven will rock up and watch Richmond, and everyone on that team is playing for those ninety seven thousand people that are there, as yeah. well as their teammate, as well as their coach, yeah. as well as a club, as well as yeah. Well, I mean, so I've been harping it from probably you know round twelve or thirteen that you know Mumford and. All those boys should be playing, and I probably would have dropped Mumford. I even said we should he should drop Shaw, and I still think Shaw's just hanging on to a spot. He's negatives as well. When he blows up, he blows up pretty hard, and it it would, it would be a pretty chaotic thing. And to try even and coach. to the point where I don't think um, Delio had a great game either, and he hasn't had a great month. I know he's been coming off a long injury yeah. and everything, and he's, he's he's got probably enough tickets. But these are the sorts of things I'm talking about. You've got young kids there that are probably you know. Want to get jump like like Reed for instance, being delisted by two clubs, rookie listed, quit footy and was just going to captain their NEFL team, playing footy again, would do anything mm. to get on that ground. Would 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 punch his ninety year old grandma in the face and run away with a bag to play. Like that's what he would do. But I don't think there's players like that enough of those on the like Matty the ball would do the same. Yeah, and that's where I think that that's the problem with JWS and like yeah they had a great win on the weekend but they beat. A bunch of old blokes who were cooked because they played an extra ten minutes of footy. They travelled and they put no pressure on them. Like it was pure. Treatment. It was watching. I think they. I can't remember the stat. I read it was like less than twenty tackles in the second half or something. Mm. And contested possession was like the least that it's been all year, like all year and a half of football or something. And that's how open the game was. And then Stevie Day kicked six and the... And the crowd went wild and then... <laughs> the commentators are jizzing over him and Cameron Ling's about to blow a fuse. And, oh, it was just disgusting. And it's in a... It's in a like, I still think JWS is good enough to win on Saturday. I don't think they will, but... But, but yeah, you just worry about their, their culture and that's why I think Leon Cameron will be the biggest... Come this, come next year, round one next year, if they don't win the flag this year or they don't make a grand final this year, so they lose on the weekend... Come round one next year, there's going to be so much pressure on that club and Leon Cameron that if they don't perform, they will be the media spotlight will just be bang right on them. Do you think? Do you think they will though? Before we get into the into the previous proper, G, like GWS is obviously a protected species. The AFL the AFL is trying very hard, and so one of my one of my mates works for uh, the Daily Football Show, Ramble Football, um, and mostly on the A League, and they just find it like they found the the crowd turnout just an absolute joke. And the fact that there's no media about it, an absolute joke as well. Because yeah. Wanderers get forty thousand to their to their games every every week yeah. in the A League. That's the A League. Yeah. And then you know there's there's probably three NRL clubs out there already, and the AFL is just adamant of like we this is this is AFL country. This going we're going to make this work, and yeah. and it's clearly not. And like the demographics of the of people that live there suggest that probably wouldn't work. Well, and the crowd turns out like this team is winning, and that's the that's the only thing this team can do to get more supporters is win more, and they're not getting more supporters. I know it was a preliminary final last year as a doggies, but they did sell that out. Yeah, wasn't that at camera? Was that at camera? I think it was at camera. Oh, okay, I thought it was at um, was there a stadium called Spotless. Spotless. Um, was it Canberra then yeah it probably explains that but yeah I don't know like I think you're seeing a lot with Gold Coast at the moment obviously the AFL is involved because they want these two expansion clubs to work but I'm sorry but if, if you're in the media and you're serious about your job and there's not many of them out there um, a few of them are pretty shit at it actually nah scratch that 95% of them are shit at it the ones that work at your held sons and, and the like um You'd have to start questioning, like, why they had more top 10 picks than anyone. Like, this is going so imagine if it was Melbourne, like it was a few years ago under Neil, and even Carlton. Like, Carlton had so many draft picks in the top 10 and so many gun players, but never done anything with it. And it's all comes down to culture. And GWS heading that, down that path, Gold Coast are already on that path and have to ride the wave out again. The AFL doesn't want that, they need success in GWS. And I think even the AFL wants to slip in and say, hey, hey, hey. Yeah, yeah. Sort ship up or, or, yeah. or shop off. Yeah. yeah. So. so, yeah, we pontificate <coughs> there a little bit. But uh, and now I reckon we'll just jump in to the, to the hard stuff, put our money where our mouth is, and give you the footy forecast for the second last time this year. First game, Friday night, Adelaide versus Geelong at Adelaide Oval. I've got... 
got some hot takes to warm up to each of the games. Go on. And I know you love to go off the long run, so uh, let's see how you go with these ones. First one, hot take. Josh Jenkins running his mouth puts extra pressure on his teammates and it's not worthwhile. No, it doesn't. Because it's not the first time he's done it and they've been known to do it, Adelaide. Like, we've chatted about this before. They're always very open and, and honest, their players, and they're good with the media and I love it. And I don't think it matters one bit for them. And do you reckon it's real or do you reckon it's just banter? Like he, it's just he, banter. He, he went out, he went out, he's gone out, in inverted commas, he's gone out, Dangerfield. No, no, they Being are. like, oh, how, you left us, you dog, and they, I can't wait to beat you and you shouldn't have left. If you watch the full interview, it is, yeah, it is yeah. banter. Because again, what the media loves to do, they love to take, take a, a little snippet, snippet here, yeah. And not listen to the full interview, the full question. But it, they're good mates. You can see that when they play, after they play against each other. On Twitter and stuff like that as well. If you follow them, pretty humorous shit happens. Um, they're mates, and it's just a bit of banter, really. Yeah, so just play on, everybody. Yeah. Now, playing Patrick Dangerfield at full forward is the key to beating the Crows. I don't think it matters. Don't think it matters? No. He probably needs to play more midfield against... Because I have this as well. I just think that how many games in a row has Geelong dominated midfield without Dangerfield doing something about it? Very few. Like, and Sydney's the, the aberration because aberration, yes. they were just so poor. Like, so Sydney was just so poor. So then the week before in Richmond, both Selwood and, and Dangerfield in the middle, the same sort of midfield mix, they got cut up and smashed. You go back to before that, uh, they play, I know they play Collingwood the MCG. So I'm going back to the MCG. Mm, yeah, yeah. Grand, not skill because it doesn't count there. They played uh, Collingwood and if it wasn't for Dangerfield, he was the only thing that stopped them from so our midfield beat their midfield except for Dangerfield. He carried him over the line that day. At Adelaide last time they went out there? Yeah. So again, like, they're, they're very reliant on Selwood and Dangerfield. And, you know, good luck to them if they get two games out of their midfield like that. Like, Darcy Lang played a blinder. Hasn't played for so like Hasn't played for fucking ages, if at all, this year. Yeah. But, like, again, like, everyone was shout, shout out, like chatting out to uh, Meningola and Blitzarves. But are Meningola and Blitzarves any match for the Crouch Brothers? No. Are they any match for, for like, so you'd say best versus best, you go you go Sloan versus uh, Paddy. Paddy obviously wins that battle, especially if they if they actually, you know, I, swallow their pride and roll a Scott onto it. I reckon they'll play Scott Selwood yeah. on, on Sloan. I reckon Blisslavs will probably go to one of the Crouch brothers. Matt Crouch is almost impossible to tag because he's just, he just a hard nut, gets his head under. He's like a Tom Mitchell, yeah. sort of pretty hard bite to tag. You probably want to tag Brad. He's more of the outside, so play yeah. hard and easy to tag. But I'll be trying to tag. I wouldn't be worried about them. I'll be trying to tag probably a Paul Seedsman or a McKay because they're the ones that are, or even a Rory Laird because they're the ones that are setting up across half back. And I think um, the uh, one thing that uh, Wayne Carey said, and it's not often I agree with Wayne Carey, but I believe him. They should tag Tom Lynch. Yeah, absolutely. He, he is a jet, and he does so much for that forward. So he's a gut runner. Blick halves can match it with him with the running. Um, footy smarts probably not, but if he, I don't think, I don't know how many times Tom Lynch has had a bloke following around for a full game. I don't reckon it's happened very often. No, it wouldn't. And he and and it's, he has a synonymous name because he is that linchpin for that forward line. And guys like yeah. Josh Jenkins, as much as, you know, Jenko probably kicks more goals or whatever, Jenko gets the Joe Goose ones because of where Lynch leads and where he drags defenders and where he pulls the gaps. There's a play in the GWS game in the first final and it was one of the replays that got used a lot during the news breaks and stuff where Lynch got the ball on... So if you're looking at the goals on the right-hand side, about 45 out in the pocket, he just gets the ball, wheels straight away onto his right, hits a 45-degree angle kick about 50 metres across the ground to a bloke who's... Just stand there, and Adelaide are out. Yeah, and that's what happened. That's how Adelaide get you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's what he does because he's such a really good, really good football brain and uses the football so well. And that's where they're going to miss Smith, and, and they're probably going to miss McGovern as well because he's out. Mm. They're going to miss those two because they're great footballers. And yes, they got blokes to replace them. So they got obviously Seedsman and McKay will probably play the Smith role, and Otten will come in and play the McGovern role. But you're still getting... But it's a, not life for life, yeah. No, they're, you're they're still miss, getting miss, they, Yeah, it's, they're missing some class there. Yeah. But then again, I don't really see... I don't see Geelong having enough enough weapons up front to, to make that a big issue anyway. No, like even last week, they still kicked... All the dominance, they still didn't even kick 100 points. No. And yeah, they've been one of the highest scoring teams this year. 
but the, I think we spoke, or oh, I've sent you a message about it last week. I think the last, um, you know, especially the last eight to 10 weeks, you take them away from Skills Stadium. Yeah, and, and they the stats fall score. apart. Yeah. yeah, so obviously they don't play at Skills Stadium, they're playing Adelaide, and they didn't score much last time at Adelaide. Uh, you take out Tomahawk, you, you know, men's will get you two or three. You know, who else is going to kick their goals? So they rely on, on Dangerfield to kick their goals, and I'm just. They're relying on everything, really. Yeah, well, him and Selwood. Selwood looked a lot better running around on on Saturday night. So maybe, or Friday night, sorry. So maybe he's... On the mend. On the mend. But, you know, you can't tell. All it takes is for one bad roll. I'm mm. sure he's straight the shit out, like, strapped the shit out of his ankle yeah. and he's got the injections as well. But yeah, for me, I, the, the the player I think has the biggest impact on this game is, is Big Sauce. Big Sauce? Big Sauce. Well, if, if you're a ruckman as good as Jacobs, like, you know, you're probably the top ruckman apart from Ryder in the league at the yeah. moment. And you look at, at Geelong's Ruckland and you see Smith and maybe Stanley, mm. I'd be sitting at home chuckling to myself. Like, you would too. That's just your attitude though. Yeah, I know. But <laughs> seriously, like yeah. he's got them covered by miles. And he should be given his, his, his midfield first use and using his athletic ability, getting around the ground, trying to get forward, just being a pain in the ass and setting them up. And if and obviously you had the uh, unfortunate... Thing happened to his brother the other week, and he played a really good game against JWS. If I was Pikey, I'd be walking up to him, mate. You need to just tear this one up tonight, and he should tear it up. And the other player for Adelaide that I, I want to see, in my opinion, for a guy who's of his ability and he's captain of the club and his big stature in Adelaide, and he can mm. tear a game apart. Definitely agree here. But doesn't I don't, I've never seen him doing a final. No, I don't. I I think Tex goes missing. Yeah, so Tex needs to walk out there in that first quarter. And just grab the game by the scruff of his neck and say, and put Adelaide, the rest of Adelaide's teammates on his massive shoulders because they're fucking huge and say, come on, boys, yeah. take it with me. Let's fucking smash these blokes. Yeah. But the Crows have lost the last five prelims as well. They have. They've got, um, yeah, they've got a bit of a, a bit of a hooter to overcome here. So, and, you know, Geelong have obviously haven't played a final or a prelim outside of the MCG in how many years it was. Um... Yeah, and the only thing that worries about the Crows is they've also had their injury concerns with um, Smith and McGovern. But so Sloan's been out for a few weeks now, so he hasn't played footy for three or four weeks. Walker only, only played once in the last five weeks. So, you know, there's a few blokes haven't played a lot of footy, and we spoke about it earlier because we wanted to double-check ourselves. The teams that had the bye went from the bye round, won the first week of the finals. Both teams lost the prelim last year. But that's a very small sample size. It is, it is, but... You know, it's the sample size that we have, so. It is. But uh, for me, Adelaide at home, their scoring power, uh, I just think that they just still get the job done and win. And look, that, I'll just tip Adelaide at, for, as a bet, from a betting point of view, I think 170 would probably go under because it's a final and the pressure and everything like that. So I'll take that in the unders. Adelaide at seven and a half is too much for me for, at a line. Um... Might maybe one to thirty nine, maybe might be the way to play it, but yeah, I'll just be sitting back and watching this game and hoping for a crack or will be a cracker. But um yeah. Yeah. Even from like the uh the pure betting stats. So it real there are huge angles here for Geelong. If you if if you're a pure value better, so if you if you've done enough throughout the year that you all you all you're mad about is getting the angle and getting the payoff, then you you could be forgiven for going and hard on Geelong here. So they've covered nine of their last 11 as an underdog. And the line's pretty big here, so you can definitely get your, around your two bucks for them there. Uh, they've covered their last three interstate games after conceding 70 or fewer points. So when they're, when they're good defensively, they back it up and they take it away. Um, so there's, there's angles there for Geelong. And obviously the one, Geelong's won their last five, five of their last six against Adelaide. But obviously the Crows broke that streak, winning the last one. So some stuff there. But if you take take away those, I suppose, kind of gimmicky stats, you just go for points for and against. Adelaide average 108.7, concede 79. Geelong average 94 and concede 81. So at the end of the day, Adelaide is the better team. And more often than not, in finals footy, it just comes down to who is the better team for that year. Like Especially in a prelim, you don't get that. You don't get too many real upsets in prelims because 
there's the, you get that home advantage, that more it's more of a home and away type feel of game. It's not I'm not the grand final where you see some proper boil overs and you see some proper upsets like we did last year. Um, however, my one uh, caveat is that if Geelong are up at half time, they, they win. They don't lose. They win. Them. So Adelaide half time lead, they win 88 percent of the time, but they also choke seventeen percent of the time. Whereas Geelong, if they lead at half time, they uh, they've only won or drawn this year. They've never lost after leading at halftime this year. Yeah. So if you're into your live betting, whatever, and Geelong look like leading at halftime, go hard. For mine, I reckon Adelaide cover. I reckon they're, they're properly good. I reckon Geelong come off a soft win. And as much as I back for a team that was renowned for drinking their own bathwater, no one drinks their own bathwater more than Geelong. And I, do, I, I could see them getting blown out early. Big text performance, big slime performance, uh, and Adelaide, if they win this convincingly, should romp it in the week after. To the granny. Do, do you believe in the come down after? Obviously, Geelong got smashed against Richmond, and obviously in, during during the week, the, the all reports are Scott just went hard, just tore shreds off each player. They had a big look at each other, where they actually stand, blah blah blah. And they come out and obviously delivered on Saturday. Do you reckon there's a drop off after that? I think I think like, yeah, it's hard as we say with like Sydney, it's hard to maintain that that red line football, and there's a lot of red line emotion there as well. If like yeah. if your if your coach is not only just torn stretch off you like in that cliche way, but actually actually sat these blokes down and like stripped them back and been like, no no, you need to you need to check yourself. You can't you can It's hard to do that bottom out then top off like this huge performance, get all that validation, and then. Go oh now where, I, where do I go and it's kind of yeah, it's hard to hard yeah. to maintain that um, emotionally and a lot of these finals it is just who handles the, who handles the situation better let alone who's a better team. So. Your coach Harwick, Richmond's coach Harwick, he uh, remember him saying one night on the SEN Friday nights when I spent the coaches they asked me about emotional outpouring or using that sort of emotional um, coaching method on on his team. He goes I reckon you could probably get away with it maybe once a year. Mm. So maybe Geelong used it last week. If they haven't used it already this year, yeah, and maybe that could have a big because he, he said that there's a big drop off after the week after because you got them more emotionally rolled up. Yeah. They did what you wanted, and, and then it's like then it's like oh it's a big job done, yeah, it's job done, down, yeah. yeah. So yeah, so for mine, I'll be playing <coughs> Adelaide to cover, uh, go the cover late because I reckon it's it's at three goals at the moment, and I reckon by the time kickoff on Friday, that might be down to two. Yeah. And two will be two will be good. So, uh, with the, And stay away from the line for mine. I think 170 is about right. They average 180 against each other, and they average 180 at that late oval, but take two goals off for the funnels factor, and you, you're pretty much bang on. And then, apparently, according to the numbers of tickets sold, this game sold out in 15 minutes. So whose home game is it this time? Uh... Tigers home game. So was it Tigers home game last time? Because so if, from memory, like it was meant to be Geelong's home game. It yeah, was, yeah. yeah, at the MCG. Yeah, but, but Geelong was, just didn't. It's too far for them to drive down the highway. Apparently, uh, I, I, I wasn't happy about that because I reckon uh, seriously, Geelong, Geelong should have played their game at skill. So because they would have been jump. Them, that would I'll have jump. Been fucking wicked. I'll jump straight into the hot takes. <laughs> so. 14,000 fans at the home final for GWS versus <clears throat> arguably 97, 97 plus, depending on corporates uh, for Richmond. Does the Tiger Army have an influence on the result? Yes. They, they, it must because they played at training today, at training at GWS training today. They played loud noises at training. Just, they're just, always just, thinking about oh, it. Oh, that's, that's bad news for them. See, if I, if I was Leon Cameron, even though when the media was asking about it last week, I would have just, what are you talking about? The boys are going to go there and play footy. Yeah. Don't yeah. even put extra thoughts in their head. It's hard enough they're going to play another preliminary final. Now, this is now this is their first preliminary final away from home. Yeah. And do you know what their record is at the G? Yeah. Lifetime got, record? Oh, be shit ass. One win from yeah. 11 games. Yeah. And I told you, before the finals even started, I gave you two stats about teams who have lost the preliminary final the year before going into it next year. They don't make the granny. Massive, massive. All the stats say they don't make it. And about the team who's the highest scoring team two years in a row, the second year they always, all the first year, but one of those two years, if they're the highest yeah. scoring, they always make the granny. So Adelaide always make the granny. They'll make the granny. And GWS won't. And GWS. And unfortunately, Richmond Adelaide final, grand final, and uh, there'll be a big flood at Brunton, was it, is it Brunton Avenue? Yeah. 
and at Punt Road. That'd you know, be insane. Be flood it'd be on, absolutely uh, insane. Friday with all the Richmond supporters crying. So they lose. Uh, we already mentioned it was one of my hot takes. But we already mentioned before Stevie J playing is a huge win for Richmond. Oh, yeah. That's not a hot take. That's just the fact. Uh, and then a little bit we mentioned before as well. My hot take it was skill or will. What wins funnels football? Does GWS have the blue collar ethic to run with Richmond? No, that's my biggest concern. So I remember watching them play when you played Richmond. Oh, so GWS played Richmond at the MCG. Yeah, it was the first quarter. You know, there was a bit of bit of pressure on and stuff, and but GWS played really well at first quarter, and I was sitting here watching the game going, "Well, they're home." Yeah. You know, but the, what cost them was they had a few scoring shots, but some undisciplined stuff by Stevie J. I think Toby been, Green as uh, well. Yeah, Toby punch. Green. Yeah, there's a few stupid free kicks given away, which allowed you to ease the pressure off a bit, and then you kick the goal from Toby Green. I think Toby Green had a shot for goal and gave it away, or maybe been low, and then Toby Green gave it away when he, he got the couple of weeks. And then you went down the other end and scored a goal, and then it was like a big momentum change. Yeah. And then the rain came, and then they tried to keep playing, you know. Their, their, their class A football and whatever. It doesn't yeah. work. And then they got opened up, and you guys smashed them. And watching them play against West Coast, I was just like, well, you're about to go from this, where you can just walk, do whatever you want, to next week, you'll get the footy, and you have two blokes tackle you. Yeah. And well, you won't, you'll have seven. It's meant to be wet as well. If it rains, job done. Like, um, it's all over. It's meant to be one to six mil or something on Saturday because. A bit of rain wouldn't help the old Brighton boys, I reckon. I reckon it help them out a bit. The reserves mainly, the seniors should get the job done no matter the conditions. But um, yeah, I think, yeah, if it rains, then Richmond are home. But there's something about it that I'm still second guessing because I just feel like you could go too far the other way, Richmond, because they're so pumped up and so amped up about this pressure, pressure, pressure. If you do so, you just say, so. Yeah, yeah, you swamp the ball. Yeah, you get, yeah. you get sucked in. and... But, if you don't win the footy, even if you do win the footy and you, you get it out of the contest, you turn it over because you haven't got enough, like, all the, obviously, GWS's players won't be all at the contest. Yeah. They'll be set up behind the ball or set up in a way that if they do win the footy, they can just spread. Well, especially when they've got the likes of Wilson. So, do you, I think he's probably one of the un, most underrated Giants players out. Him and Hayne as well. Hayne's a gun. Yeah, but Wilson and his kicking is the one thing that probably could rip, rip the Tigers apart. Yeah. And you, he has that ability if the Tigers get caught in the sinkhole and get and you get that, that quicksand tackling kind of uh, obsession. Yeah. All it takes is one, especially if he can change, just change the channels, cut the lines, and just kick a forty-five out yeah. over the top of a, over the top of a hard press. Yeah. And go against go against the flow of the Tigers like to push teams out wide. If you can get kick out over the top of that wall and against the flow, it's really hard, really hard to defend. So. Jeremy West are the best contested and one of the best contested, but the best clearance team in the comp. So that, that, that could play in their favour. Obviously, they get pressured, but the thing that they've got up their sleeve, which will help them out, I mean, I, I know it's only Loeb and, um, and Patton, but both those blokes are able to take a really good contested mark. Yeah. And that's what opens these games up. So if there's a, like a quick kick down the line, all it takes for Loeb or Patton to take a contested mark and they're away. And, and then that, they can score from that. And they've got to make sure they score from those opportunities. I don't think it'll be a high-scoring game. It'll be a real slog because you guys don't won't be able to keep up with them if they start scoring. Not at all. You, you, and that's, that will be the intent. You'll see, like Richmond won't Richmond won't change anything, and they and they don't need to because it's it clearly works. And it, and if you're going to use like a Mick Malthouseism, it's it's quality finals football. It's very synonymous to what the, the Bulldogs did last year, but arguably it's Fremantle like yeah, it's Fremantle. It's Fremantle like it, it will well, get yeah. you. It will get you to the granny. It it might not win it. But it'll get you to the game. Well, history says it won't win you. History says history says a lot of things though. Um, but the problem is though, it is is that factor. So Richmond might need six or seven entries to get to get a score. The Giants might just need one. Yeah. And if that's if that's your margin for error, you can't you can't afford the, the better Giants players to have a have a decent game because it will it will cost them a spot in I the granny. I think also there'll be a few changes still in the GWS side. They won't play surely they won't play their three key backs. Don't think so. Like who, They'll go who, small. Yeah, They'll who, go who small. they play on? Does that mean Griffin gets back in? Griffin's fit? I don't think so. I think Griffin's... I, I don't think Griffin is in Leon Cameron's... 22, yeah. Because right. I, I was just like, they've only got four players out now and there's seasonal injuries. So everyone else in their list is now available. So obviously, like, they're going to play a bit smaller. And I, yeah, I'd have, I'd have Smith in for sure. Hopefully Devin Smith's fit. 
even though he's probably already left the club mentally, he's still the type of boat that can win you a game. Um, but yeah, at the, at the way I look at it is, if Richmond play like they did against Geelong, I just don't, JWS can cope with that. No. Because they've never had to cope with it before, especially with 97,000 morons screaming at you. Um, and I say morons because you are morons. Oh, we will be. As a greater omnipotent entity, Yeah, it's going to be pretty hard. Yeah, it's going to be feral. I'm glad I'll, I'll be at the footy club on Saturday night watching, hopefully after we've won two flags. And um, yeah, I'll just see Richmond winning and... I think the, the overs unders was like one sixty something. Yeah, I'm going hard, hard unders. Yeah, hard unders. Hard unders. So Tigers are they're averaging seventy five against this year, um, but they've kept opponents to sixty five or fewer in their last five of seven. So yeah. like this could be a one twenty total game. This yeah. could be a sixty to fifty type thing. Well, that was my other thing was so you can bet on your scoring bracket. And I'm pretty sure it's, uh, it might be 50 to 69. I'll be taking that for both teams because I reckon, yeah, that'll be a good bet. And it'll be around about 344 mark, but it'll be a good bet. And yeah, I, I just can't say, it hurts me. But I'm, this is, this will be, is this, is this six weeks straight now? Yeah. Shit. They've made so much money off of that. Yeah, or well, Richmond again, unfortunately. There you go, and same for mine. So I'm going, my play action's uh, Richmond to cover. They're currently at uh, 9.5 uh, handicap, and I reckon I reckon there'll be, there'll be some blokes like us and some Sheilas too being like, nah, nah, get on the, get on the Giants. And that, that line might actually decrease to their goal. So maybe wait a bit later, but if it ever, if it ever starts to uh, broaden out, be aware of the uh, Richmond Nuffies. And get on it, but yeah, about nine and a half is pretty decent. I reckon Richmond win this by two goals, and definitely under uh, one hundred and sixty, well under, and that gets you three seventy-five. So that's our footy forecast. Depending who you barry for, very bright one, but uh, Adelaide Richmond would be deserving grand final participants in our books. Feature bets. Uh, I've gone the all the other footballs this week. All the other footballs. All the other footballs for my for my feature bets this week. But I'm presuming taking his track side. We're deep into the spring carnival, well, and uh, hopefully some class up and about. And you don't have an absolute stinker like you did last week. Yeah, I had a real bad one last week, which is probably I was probably due one because I've either been you know, keeping in front or, or leveling it out. And I've, you know, jade a few first falls and tries, so I've probably you know been due a bad week. So I'll cop it and. Move on, and hopefully I can bounce back this week. But recoup, do all the things right in training. Yeah, rehabilitate. Rehabilitate. Um, you know, look at what I was doing. Look what I did wrong. And probably the thing I did wrong last week was I went back to probably horses that weren't right for what they. So I obviously went back to Tulip, and you can tell why it's run. Just needs further. Looked a bit dour, dour. Uh, Sosie Bonwell. I'm blaming the ride for that. I got willowed. Uh, Craig Williams had a mare and then the following race uh, got 23 meetings for nearly killing poor old Damien Lane. He had a very bad day out. Yeah, he did. Um, Catchy got up, which was good. Um, well, Catchy saved your weekend anyway, so... Yeah, well, Hartnell was poor. Um, only poor because of the speed they were going so early in the race. So, um, you know, no wonder... I think there was news coming out today that Hartnell won't be seen for a while. And... and Looking at the times and the times they ran, especially the first 12, 1400 metres of that race, it really set it up for Humidor. And I wish I'd have known they were going to go that quick because I would have probably backed Humidor given his closing sectionals in the Memsey. But, um, you know, again, not not being up, uh, you know, Able, feeling, yeah. feeling well. I didn't do the, the homework. So, because I have got into a lot more of my sectionals and stuff lately because I think it's the best way now definitely to pump with stats. So, um, so. The only real, I'll probably put up three or four tips on Saturday, but I've a bit, my confidence is a bit dent. So the only one, Bray Smash goes around again, and that should win. Yeah. Even though it has come off a pretty tough run last start, but they want to give it another run because going to the Everest will be one of the top three or four chances in the Everest. But um, I think it wins if it runs on the weekend. If it gets out of the gate, it's been jumping a bit tardily. But if it jumps well, it wins. But the other one is in race three. Uh, Number 11, we've, uh, we backed it last start, seen the win, and it didn't quite make up the ground required to get past Spinago. 
when it ran at 1600 at the Valley. It was its first time at the Valley, um, and we've just had many discussions about the value before. But now it's getting up to the distance I think it really was looking for. It's probably why it looked a bit dour. It's probably why it struggled to run past Benlago. Probably why it struggled to run past Nozomi at the 1400. Now getting up to 1800, um, the, it'll be a nice track for it. Good, good barrier draw, done on board. And if you want to watch how good Dwayne Dunn is as a jockey, Go watch the Royal re- the replay of Royal Symphony last week. A, that horse is in your jet. And again, we've tipped that before, and I've told you that horse is in your jet. Um, and watch him weave a passage with that horse, and he'll weave a passage with Sydney to win. It's around about the four dollar mark. Get on, probably double it into Bay Smash and you're away. And other than that, like, I, I don't want to touch the footy. The only other thing I said to you before was take the storm into the roosters and get, you know, your dollar eighty maybe and then you shot me down with the roosters. No, I'll mention that towards the end because they're, they're part of my all footy multi. Um, but yeah, definitely roosters are no gimme. Uh, and I'm a bit nervous about the storm as well, but I think just because I'm, I'm being a bit of a homer because yeah. I could be in for a, for a triple grand final September. Well, if they, my head will explode. If they played away, you'd be more confident about the storm. They've got a better away record than they do home record. Oh, by one game. Like, it's not. They've got just a great record. So for mine, best bet... I'm going to the NFL, and I've had some decent success at this, so now I'm definitely going to lose this bet. So apologies already. But uh, the Colts are going in as outsiders for the Browns at home. And in the NFL, it's pretty much if it's a 50-50 game, the home team gets a three-point advantage. Yep. And the Colts are giving... I don't have it. They're like half a point to the Browns. To the Browns, Brian. Yeah, I know who the Browns are, mate. They're the shit-ass. Browns. Shit. You know the last time the Browns were a favourite in anything? October 2014. It's because they're a very ordinary side. They're a very ordinary franchise. And yes, <laughs> the Colts don't have luck. They are luckless, in fact. And they've had a very poor start to the year. Uh, they essentially got rid of their starting quarterback within a half of football because um, he was no good. And they've got a guy, Jacoby Brissett, who did start for the Patriots last year. And he did all right, um, but he only just joined the franchise two weeks ago. So it's not, he doesn't, it's not spelling, you know, great things for a football club. Um, just, just so that people are aware, yeah. like, as a quarterback, how many plays do you have to know? Oh, like a thousand. Like, yeah. the book's like 80 pages yeah, long. Yeah. So he's come from another club. Now, just so you don't know, if he goes from, say, the Patriots to the Colts, uh, sorry, to yeah. the Colts their plays aren't the same. No, they're not the same at all. They're very, very different. They're very, very different. So yeah. he would have had to have known a thousand at the Patriots. He's gone now to the Colts, and in two weeks, he's had to pick this up. Now, I don't care who you are, how good you are. It takes a while to learn those. It will, but they've already said so. Pagano, who is their, um, their coach, he's already, he's already said, we're not really playing the whole playbook, so don't worry about that. Just and run the ball. Just run the ball. Run, yeah, run the ball. They don't really have many runners, so it doesn't really play, play into that. But... Fact of the matter is, he didn't he didn't absolutely suck last week. Um, he got a couple of touchdowns off some handy plays, and at the end of the day, the Colts weren't good enough to get the points. But the long story short, the Colts are just better than the Browns because the, the Browns are crap. They're just real poo. I reckon the um, the American football team out of Dane are might be better than the Browns. The, I don't know what's wrong with the Browns, but they are they like they are they are in a, a franchise that lacks culture organization, business smarts, all of it. So there is no way that the Browns deserve to be favourites in this. And at $1.94, it may even slide out to 2 bucks. an absolute mortgage bet. Um, and hopefully Brissette just doesn't have an absolute mare. On that, for ridiculous odds in the NFL again. And this is the, this is the best thing about American sports, and especially American football, is that there's so few games. It just means that there's overreaction, overreaction, because as soon as you go 0-2 down, it's like, your season's done. And then, oh, they're done, and this team's done, and that quarterback should be fired, and this coach will... And they will be. They fire coaches like 3-0 down, you're done. Like, yep. off you go. Yep. We'll have a new coach. Players get much. sacked day in, day out. Day out. You can play for three or four clubs in a season. Yeah, it's crazy. So there is often some really bizarre lines, and this one here is, again, so New Orleans Saints... They're going away to the Carolina Panthers. Saints are 0-2. Panthers are 2-0. And everyone should. Everyone will go, oh, Panthers, absolute chew-ins. Not in my book. So Saints at $3.25, ridiculous odds. Ridiculous odds. It is, it is a bit of a crossroad game, however. So head coach Sean Payton, quarterback Drew Brees. They've been a partnership since 2006. And they haven't really done much with it. 
and it's getting to the stage now. It's like, well, you've had your ten years. It's time to get it together, boys, or it's time to blow it up. However, Carolina Panthers quarterback Cam Newton isn't looking like the Cam Newton that was dabbing, taking teams to the Super Bowl, winning MVPs. He's just came back from shoulder surgery. He looks absolutely cooked. He's got, he's he's, he's thrown a like a shotgun. He's got no idea where it's going, and his O line's giving him no time in the pocket. Yeah. And so I just don't. They only scored nine points last week against the Bills. Nine to three win is not a convincing win, especially on an offense, an offense focused league. So I don't think the Panthers have enough points to keep the Saints away. And three dollars twenty five is way too tasty to not have a little value bet at. Well, Newton's not a very like he's not a smart quarterback. He's athletic. He's, he's athletic. He relies yeah, on athleticism. Definitely. Whereas Drew Brees, he he's 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 scored points against the Patriots. Like. He's he's doing all right. Like yeah. his his team's not that great, but he'll still find more points than uh, yeah, exactly yeah and, than uh, Newton yeah. will. So three twenty five, take that I reckon. Uh, over across the other sea, we're going to the EPL. It's got, it's a crazy time now because we're we're in full football season, ooh, ooh. European football season. I'm going to challenge you on the Leicester on the Leicester Liverpool one when you get to that. Yeah, right. no worries yeah. at all. So he's just looked ahead. Uh, my EPL multi is Tottenham away to West Ham to win. Man U away to Southampton to win and Liverpool away to Leicester City to win. That will give you $5.15. Rapid fire reasons why. Tottenham, simple reason. They're not playing at Wembley, so they win. Like they're, they're, they're a solid team. They're a definite top three club. They've got some absolute class players and their combined record away this year is 5-0. and zero. So five goals scored, zero against. Absolute clean sheets, scoring, scoring bags. That's a no-brainer against West Ham who are looking pretty poor. The man, man, you are playing like man, you of the nineties. Like this is this is like the team I grew up with. It's like they brought Alice Ferguson back. It's it's proper scary stuff, and it could be the, the building under dynasty, which I absolutely hate because Mourinho is not a great bloke. And then this is the one that really I went didn't go value hunting because they are favourites, but they're a dollar ninety favourites, so it's a fifty fifty uh, type thing. They did so Liverpool did play Leicester City last night yeah. in the uh, league in the League Cup and lost two nil. They do concede goals away, and they are playing away, so they're all the negatives. However, Liverpool did roll out like an absolute third-tier defensive five. Yeah, I was going to say, like, so obviously the odds for that game have been skewed because of what happened last night in yeah. the Cup. But Klopp did come out and in the media and gave, give his defence a bit of a bake. So there's obviously problems there because they've been conceding stupid goals at the back. And uh, there's been a few problems at the front as well with the $40 million buy hasn't been... Uh, that good. That good, but... Oh, good on him because I, you know, being an Everton fan, yeah, eat shit Liverpool. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but again, like Liverpool's best eleven, which they'll bring back out, even even just, yeah, so just bring out their their regulation back five, including their keeper, and uh, I reckon Leicester played Huddersfield in the in the league last week, and they only managed to draw via a very cheeky penalty at, in like the last minute. So, Tottenham, Man U, Liverpool gets you five fifteen. And that's pretty tasty if it comes off. And if it doesn't, then, you know, just stake it out so it doesn't, you know, doesn't cost you too much. And then my shout the bar is my footy foursome, bringing together all the codes for the week. So AFL, it's Richmond to cover. That's nine and a half. We were talking about that. Liverpool to win has got the best value. So I'm doing using that to really pat out your shout the bar metrics. My Saints to win in the NFL, and then New uh, North Queensland to cover in the NRL, which absolutely blows up Barrel's uh, sure thing in the uh, in the rugby league. Just just something about these Cowboys that just says don't don't bet against us. Don't bet against them. Just don't bet against them. They just they are. Michael Morgan's picking up the slack that JT left off. And he's getting some legit props from from the uh, NRL circles, and people are saying, "Oh, he's becoming he's becoming JTS." That's that's too far, but that's the level he's playing at in yeah. the last three or four weeks. The other JT, as he's known as, uh, is having absolute phenomenal final series and just racking up racking up like ton meter tons in fifteen minute patches and blowing teams apart. And if he has another explosive game. I'd almost see the, the Cowboys winning it and going through, but at the very least, they cover the line. The line's about 10 at the moment, so definitely jump on that. The 44s and we'll pay 22 bucks, 64, and that'll be definitely enough to uh, to rally up enough funds to have a good old grand final weekend next weekend. Well, you've, you've ruined me there with my with you know, my, my sure thing in the, in in the, the rugby, in the rugby, so I'm a bit disappointed with that. 
And now I just went to... Uh, I've got the shout, the shout the bar for you. Yeah, here we go. Is it the thug? No, the thug did... I hope you're fully following the thug, guys, because it won last Wednesday at like 12 bucks or something, uh, best of the tote. I'm going to give you the Quinella and Duet in race seven at Caulfield. And if this gets up, then it'll be paying a lot more than 22. So number 13, uh, Vingua Musk, or however you want to pronounce it. I'm not very good at speaking English, let alone French or Irish or whatever the hell it is. Uh, got a bit too far back last time, but ran on well. And I, I, I've written a big spiel about it two weeks ago if you want to go back and read it. Um, second up, gets over a bit further in the 2,000 metres. And then one of my favourite horses for this spring is Samavia. One last start as well two weeks ago. Paid about $3.60. You got way over. I couldn't believe it paid that much. So if it wins this, it gets... So the winner of this race, the uh, Foundation Cup, the Naturalism, Group 3 Naturalism on, on Saturday, gets a free ballot into the Caulfield Cup. So David Hayes have got a couple of runners in the field, but you know a few imports as well being from Harlem and, and stuff like that. But um, I think some of you is the one they really want to push lightweight Noel Callow is a gun jockey he's very very good as well in the post uh, post ride interview very very cheeky and smart arsey if you ever have time to go on YouTube type in Noel Callow and go back and listen to he's fucking funny but Sam Avir Vinegar Mask uh, number 13 number 15 in race 7 at Caulfield it'll be on my tutor anyway Duet Quinella if that Quinella gets up it'll pay over 100 there we go that's a real proper shout the bar, and I'll even pay for my flights to Sydney next week. <laughs> so uh, that's all we've got time for this week. Well, it's not, but we'll call it quits there anyway. Uh, we've been nothing on long enough. Uh, it should be a great weekend of finals football, whatever the code. Good luck to EPL teams. Good luck to your NFL teams. Go the Bucks. Go, go the Tunners. Go. go Brighton. Go Brighton. Go Brighton. Go, go, go Brunswick Hockey Club Premiers. Woo! And go Tigers. Double your money and make a stack. Out to the next one. 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 Out to the next one